Welcome to the Find and Follow podcast, where we help you find and follow Jesus. He's the author of life, and following him is the only way to live life. Originally, this podcast started as a live stream called Theology Thursdays. It was named that because guess what? We talked about Jesus on Thursdays. So you'll hear that name throughout the podcast. Although the name has changed, it is still the same real conversation about helping you find and follow Jesus. So let's get into the episode. Good morning. Hey, good morning. I was waiting for you to say something. Oh, I see. Hi. Hi, everybody. I thought, I thought we had like 15 seconds still. No, that, no we're there. You, I know. You know why? We're live. Because I was looking on the line. Oh, and it's like a little 15, bit of a delay. And I was like, wow, why did we go early? And when you said uh, 30 seconds, I was like, no, we have like like 15 seconds. Well, I was looking. <laughs> I was checking to make sure we were live on the internet. People could tune in. Check out Theology Thursday. So we know you're there. Right. Welcome oh, to oh, yeah. Theology Look Thursday. at all those people in. Look at that, right? Yeah, exactly. Can you see that right there? Uh-huh. What is that? That's, I don't know. That's our... I, like, what? wait, what's this? Wide shot. Wait, what's this one? Oh. What are you doing? Bald spots. I was, I was pointing out bald spots. Uh, <laughs> That's so helpful. Appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, okay. Tanner's with us this week. He's down there in the end. I'm right here. There you are. Right Kyle, here. Scott, Craig. Theology Thursday hanging out on a sunny summer. It's the 18th. It's Can we just say day. summer yet? It's We're just, summer. It's summer. Great. Sure. Sunny summer day. Uh, I think the weather has turned. We've yes. def- this We're was our breakthrough. The last two days are yesterday's our thunderstorm. Right now. That We're was ready it. for summer. We're on the summer yeah. summer trips. Anybody got summer plans? Summer activities? Summer things you're doing? Yep, leaving Sunday afternoon to go camping for a week over to the west side. Get out of this 80 degree weather and go be in 65 degree weather. Wait a minute, what's wrong with that picture? When you say the it's west side backwards, you're talking. What are you talking about? Because I hear this a lot. No, I'm serious. This, I'm not even planning this. Okay. West side or the coast? The west side of the state, not the, the coast. Not the coast. The coast is where the ocean is. The ocean. Now, a lot of people on this side of the mountains refer to anything on that side of the mountains as the coast, but it's like not. Like Issaquah. That's not true. Issaquah is not the coast. Issaquah is not the coast. It's like the west Like, I'm going side. to the coast. Where'd you go? Bellevue. Bellevue's not on the coast. Yeah. Oh, like downtown <laughs> Seattle? That's the ocean. I get it, technically. Yep. Yeah, te- I mean, coast. that's... I mean, if that's you're the coast? on... If you're, it, the, is the peninsula not part of the coast, then? If you're on the water, that's like coastline of some sort, right? Really if you've the been coast, in the waves on Puget Sound and then you go to like Long Beach and go, you know, on some yeah. waves, those are a lot different waves. I yeah. get like it, but coast. technically, if we want to go by definition of by the, the ocean line, if yes. I'm in the peninsula on the water, that's the coast yeah. of Washington. So Correct. I'll, I'll grant you that that the coast I just don't. Line, but I I wouldn't I say lived, I lived there for nine years. Yeah. I didn't live on the ocean, even though I literally for two years lived on the ocean. I wouldn't be like, oh, I lived on the coast. I lived mm-hmm. on the ocean for two years. Wait, on the ocean. Yeah, it's the Puget Sound. To your technical <laughs> definition, one of those no, floating. I'm just saying, homes, I would never homes. say that. But technically, if we want to look at the definition of coast, if there's a line of the coast, that it, is the coast. It is the coastline. Yeah. I just never was like, I'm going back to the coast. Yeah. What the one that gets me is they're referring to Olympia or uh, Chehalis or something on the <laughs> Land west. Landlocked? Yeah, completely landlocked. Oh, yeah, I'm going to the coast. No, you're going to a place on the west side that's not anywhere near salt water. <laughs> yeah, I get <laughs> you there. Salt water, not salt but you water. Know, I'm curious on this how many of our people are go, Seattle is the coast or Seattle is not the coast. Yeah, you can comment. Put it on in the, the comments, uh, yeah. Tana, comment. where you stand on this hot topic? When I, well, I when I think of coast, I think, I mean, I'm from Oregon, so I think. Long Long Beach, I think of Cannon Beach, Pacific City, like 
Coast is where there's the beach, the water, salt water, the ocean, and the ocean, yeah. and like sandy beach. You know, like that's what when I think of coast. You don't. So think I wouldn't say like Seattle is coast. Downtown Seattle, you're like coast. No. Yeah. I would just say it's on the water. Yeah, I would never say that. I would never tell people, yeah, I'm going to the coast. Oh, like I'd go to Oregon Coast. We used to go to the Oregon Coast all the time. I'm going to the Oregon Coast. Lincoln like, City. Go to the yeah, Rock. Go, go to, to Newport yeah, Beach. Cannon Beach. Yeah. Awesome. Going to the coast. I don't, I don't say that ever, though. I mean, that's not part of my terminology. Like, <laughs> we don't go to the coast. Coasting it. Like, go to the west side. Yeah, I mean, maybe Oregon Coast, because you kind of refer to that, like you say, the whole, the, the whole coastline. Yeah. Anyways, the weather a, has turned summer hey trip. We got distracted. I've got a pretty good idea that most of the people You're listening going. right now or watching, they don't care what the coast is. Sure. That oh, this isn't no, a this is thing. A hot topic. But you're going, no, <laughs> you're going camping on the coast. Tanner, you got any summer trips planned? Anything? Summer trips planned. As this um, post-COVID world we're in. Oh, I have no idea. I think plans of like, like going somewhere, post? not really. But I know a lot of my friends, they're going to be coming back from like Oregon or wherever the west side, wherever they're from, and we'll be the going coast. to some lakes. Not the coast, <laughs> the west side. Um, but they'll be coming back into town, and we'll go Did to, like, a lot the lake, of Whitworth students, like, bail when, when Whitworth yeah. shut down? So a lot of your buddies' friends, they just were like, whoop. They're so out, yeah. So are people going to come back to this so. area? You don't know. I don't know. Not right. so. so, yeah, that was the thing that was weird about COVID. Like, didn't get to say goodbye to a lot of people. Wow. They were like, they were like oh, yeah, I'm out. See ya. College shut down. Because the we original don't. plan for Whitworth was we'll go online for, like, a month, and then we'll come back for live classes. So then people are like, oh, yeah, I'll see you in a month. Yeah. And then they're like, ah, we're shut down. I was like, cool, never going to see and those friends like, again. I graduated, <laughs> so I will never see you. Yeah. <laughs> Wish we could have said goodbye. Yeah. So. I'm just glad the weather has shifted. We're into summer, hot weather, like 80 degrees mm -hmm. in the forecast. We literally, in our neighborhood, we've had so much rain. Uh, two things. One, I have not turned on my sprinklers. Yeah. Me either. Because it's not needed, yep. right? Because my backyard has been flooded for days and weeks. And the second thing is we literally have a couple. It's a male and a female pair of ducks and they live in our neighborhood there's been so much water one of our big grassy areas it's a low spot and it gets water but they live in the there's about a foot of water in this little pond we call it a pond because it's you'll see them in people's front yards because there's enough water in a swale mm. that they'll be just like swimming around in their front yards and they walk around the neighborhood you'll see them on different blocks walking the sidewalk they've been in our neighborhood for like six weeks i'm like it is too wet that's fantastic we, we yeah. gotta get to the hot weather Anyways, summer so we're trips. Here. We're here. We're here. Uh, we're Hot tripping. Weather. We're tripping. Jesus is on a trip. We're in John Jesus chapter 4. Is <laughs> Jesus is on a trip. He stopped for two Ooh. days. He, he is. It just sounded pretty funny. It just sounded, yeah. Yeah. He's, He's on, on a trip. On a trip. He, he is actually on a trip. On it was way not to, a trip to the coast. A, to, it was an inland no, trip going from... Going South to north. Yeah, Cana of Galilee. Mm -hmm. That's a large sea. A it's trip. like an ocean. Oh they might have called that the coast. <laughs> no? Jesus. No. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> no, he's on so. a trip. He, he had this conversation with a, a lady. He stopped for two days, mm -hmm. hung out with uh, the people in the town. They all became believers uh, because they heard, they saw the reality of who he is. And they end we ended on verse 42, chapter 4, verse 42, that they really saw that he was the Savior of the world. Who else were they going to turn to for life, for salvation, uh, for healing, restoration, all the things they need in life? It was Jesus, and it became very clear to them after he'd spent uh, two days with them, living with them, eating with them, teaching them. And uh, so they, they resumed their trip. And so if you haven't tuned in with us on a Theology Thursday, we talk about uh, life and summer and ducks and hot topics like the coast 
and then we also talk about Jesus, and we've just been reading through John's account, his eyewitness account of living life with Jesus and uh, his, uh, his recording of it. And so we have this, uh, after two days, he left Galilee, and Jesus and everybody, um, they, went, they went north, right? I'm, I'm, they left Samaria to Galilee, headed north. Sure. I look to you to help make sure I'm in uh, uh. the Bible reference uh, correct with the position. geography yeah i was gonna say geography. the more geography reference not uh, about theology but let's geography see. i've got hey, a map a, in yeah there's a map in there's the map maps. in the back here i love a good map in the back come on most Bibles keep going the map yes. in the back now right so so we have this encounter that's recorded for us when jesus arrived in galilee verse 45 the, the galileans welcomed him they had seen all that he had done in jerusalem at the passover feast which that's kind of interesting for they'd also been there so you know, I, I think it's just this momentum of Jesus' ministry is picking up. The word's getting out. People are witnessing and experiencing things. You know, it's one thing. We, we've talked about this before, I think, on, on the show here. Is it a show? Anyways, show. on the, show. the, the Theology Thursday. Podcast the old podcast. style video. Uh, it's one thing just to know about Jesus, and it's another thing to experience who he is. Uh, and that's just true in life. It's one thing to know about something. Um, like Tanner, I can tell you what it's like to have kids. It's a whole other thing to like actually have your own kids, mm -hmm. you know. And so, like the people had been there at the Passover feast. Like, what did Jesus do? What did he teach? What miracles had he done at the Passover feast for them to have like come to this point of like, okay, we are welcoming you because you got something going on, man. Yep, you're not like everybody else. Actually, both things were happening. Word was spreading, so there were more and more people knowing about Jesus, which was important. The, there was a buzz. You know, they didn't have social media. Well, they did. It was word of mouth. It was people talking to people talking to people, and the word was spreading. But then on top of that, this other group was also growing. These are people that had heard about Jesus and now were having their own experiences with Jesus, and those lives were being transformed, and they were talking about that. Yeah, um, and, and he makes the point that he references this uh, an earlier story, even in verse 46, as he gets through Galilee, he comes to Cana. That's the place that he had, didn't have, had done that miracle we talked about with the water into wine, right? So these are, yeah, John's referencing a specific instance that, hey, they didn't just hear about Jesus. Like, they, they experienced firsthand the power and the miraculous nature of who Jesus was. This wasn't just some guy anymore. Right. This was the, and whether they knew it or not, this was the physical manifestation of, again, what John talked about in John 1, the light of the world. And some of them are beginning to understand that. Some of them are getting pieces of that and having this experience that, okay, this guy's the real deal, or he's something more than just everybody else. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Jesus always had like a, Three or maybe even more if you wanted to break it down further. But like groups of people that were always with him, following him, where you had the core of uh, his disciples, the apostles, uh, you know, the larger group of people who are believers and followers. And then you always had some sort of crowd that was a right. mixed bag of people who were believers um, that were just happened to be in the area he was in, people who were critics trying to challenge him, people who were just curious. And they would show up. They're like, I heard, but I got to come see for myself. Right. You know, it's like one thing to hear about a great restaurant from somebody, and then you go there and you're like, dude, the smoked brisket nachos were legit. That's true. Like, why didn't you tell me about that a long time ago? Like, I didn't know you didn't know. And this entourage that you're referring to that was uh, almost always present when Jesus was going from place to place also included a number of key women. Uh, they continue to be referenced throughout the Gospels, and then we get to the time after Jesus has been placed in the tomb, who were some of the first people to show up at the tomb to see whether he was there or not? 
um, were, were the women that were a part of that entourage, faithful followers of his. And yeah. Yeah, very influential. Yeah, when you go with the resurrected Jesus, it's always easier to, for me to sit on this side of the resurrection because, like, he said for days and probably even years, clearly to his followers, and, you know, you talk about, like, the guys, right? Mm-hmm. He said, Peter, here's how it's going to go down. I'm going to die. You count to three. I'm coming back. <laughs> he goes, okay. And they didn't believe him. No, in fact, they, he rebuked Jesus on one occasion. He said, no, no, that can't happen. Right. And they weren't standing at the tomb just waiting, going, yep, and one, two, three, here he comes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, where... Where were they with their, you know, and we're like, oh, so obvious. Look, you can just read right here. He said it when you're having dinner together. That's the old hindsight principle, right? Yeah. but A lot easier to see in hindsight. Right? Faith is things, being certain of things unseen. You know, as Before we, the fact. Before the fact. That we sit here today, like evidence of God. I'm certain that God exists because of things, you know, I can kind of see, but I have never seen God. You know, no one has ever seen God. And so... Jesus showed up on earth in order for us to, like, get a better understanding of God, God in a bod, like, walking around, talking with people, teaching people, healing people. And so he has this encounter, right, as he's in Galilee. And this is, this is like, the, uh, a point we can just kind of stick on for a bit. Um, let's start in verse 46, uh, halfway through. And there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. When this man heard that Jesus has arrived in Galilee from Judea, so, again, one of those people who had heard of Jesus probably, like you were pointing out, you know, mm-hmm. was curious, yep. had some sort of level of faith, had heard stories go, this guy does miracles. The water and the wine thing, oh, yeah, you heard about that? That's nothing. Like, let me tell you of all the other stuff he did at the Passover feast, as he's been traveling, whatever's been going on. So this guy knew. So he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son who was close to death. Yeah. And, I, you know, I, as a father, you, you know I mean, you and I are both fathers here. Mm-hmm. Um, no, we're, we're not fathers. Yeah, I was like, wait, you are his father. I was confused. We are both fathers. We're both like, fathers. Wait, no, you're not his dad. I'm not his He's dad. your dad. Okay. He's I'm my dad, but we're both dads. Got it. And as this guy has a. Happy Father's Day coming Thanks. up, by the way, guys. Hey, Appreciate thank you. you. What'd you get us? Uh, I'm not your Oh, son. later today? You could celebrate all dads, though. It's you know, I just, good. I'll give you permission to get something for for me and, and for him, okay. too, if you want, mm-hmm. for Sounds Father's Day. Like, we don't have to be your dad for a. For a gift to be appropriate, just feel free. Sounds yeah. good. Yeah, we have we have something for you guys on Sunday. It's okay, a, it's really special. Oh yeah, oh, we do. I got something yeah. for you. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Anyway, so back Super to this great. guy. He's a, he's a desperate dad, right? Yeah, and, I'm just sort of and understandably about so. The emotions of a dad. Mm-hmm. If you have a son that's close to death, mm-hmm. what are you doing? You're doing anything possible, anything even remotely feasible. You're going to be desperate enough to travel a distance to make whatever decision you have to do. Seek out whoever you have to seek out. And the word around town was this Jesus doing these miracles and healing people. Like, that's the guy I need to go see. And so he does. And he's begging Jesus. And I I think there's something very interesting there is that, which is often true in my experience, your experience, as you're watching here, um, often our desperation drives us to Jesus. Mm -hmm. As I, I think back over the years of my ministry and the different people that have come to Christ, the vast majority of people who come to Christ that I know about or have been involved in them coming to Christ and becoming his followers, have come during a time of crisis, uh, a health crisis, a marriage crisis, mm-hmm. a personal identity crisis, uh, some kind of difficult, challenging, or adverse circumstance kind of points out our need for something bigger than ourselves, for, for someone 
bigger than ourselves for a relationship with our creator. And so there's a, a built-in drive, and it's happening right here for this guy. It's mm -hmm. like, now he's coming out of an awareness of his need for his son, right? Yeah. But what he doesn't realize yet probably is that he has a bigger need personally for a mm -hmm. relationship with Jesus, but that's part of the journey, right? You discover as you go along more and more who Jesus is and who he wants to be in your life. Mm -hmm. At this point, he just wants Jesus to be the healer in his son's life yeah. and in their family life. Jesus is going to do that, but he's going to be so much more as well. Yeah, mm -hmm. he's looking for a miracle, and Jesus is trying to help him see the miracle worker Correct. as he shows yeah. up. But as a father, like, he is desperate. I'd be desperate too. Like, mm -hmm. you have a solution to this, you know, potential death here? Like, I would, I would give my life for one of my kids. You know, there's a very short list probably on earth of people that I would give my life for. Um, I, don't, I don't think we make the list. We don't. No. We don't quite make it. Nope. I don't think so. No, <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to lie on video here. <laughs> but you know, that's that's the beauty of Jesus and the like. You talk about grace and mercy and God's love for all people. Is He literally did die for every single person? It's not just for a select couple of people, his kids or whatever. But it's it is for every person. And you know, somebody loves you if they would give their life for you. And so, like the reality of evidence of God does love us. Uh, I've never seen God, but I've seen the evidence. I've seen that, you know, through the recording of people's eyewitness testimonies, that like Jesus did die. He did rise. And so, like, I'm going with the resurrected Jesus on that one because of his love for us. Right. Yeah. And so, again, I think referencing what you said, that this guy comes out of his desperation and his need for something physical. And, again, we've seen this already as a theme that John has brought up with the woman at the well and these different things where Jesus uses water as living water, illustration, the bread as the bread of life. And then he's going to kind of answer this guy uh, with this question that is kind of confusing. You might be like, well, Jesus, that's kind of rude, bro. Like, why do you got to oh, be yeah. like, why do you got to be mean Seems about it? really rude. Like, mm -hmm. will you never believe in me unless you see miraculous signs and wonders? Like, is that all you want from me? Like, we kind of read into this, like, well, what is Jesus doing there? Why does he respond there? And we see this response throughout the Gospels and some of the things that Jesus references is, um, woe to you, unbelieving generation type. Hey, you, you, you know, you need these things and you're desperate right. for this sign or you're desperate for the thing or you're desperate for the need that you have, which is right in front of you. And again, it's easy for us to understand where this man's at. We, we've all been there, yeah. regardless Close, of yeah, whether it's a kid, whether it's a kid we've had this need yeah. or that we're in desperation. And, and like Craig said, we reach out and we go, I don't know, I'll try this God thing. Maybe mm -hmm. that's maybe that's the thing that will help, will, will help me. And a lot of times that's a, a genuine first step experience to to see God and to experience God. Yeah. I said that a couple of weeks ago with, I know my own life and my friends, like I've tried everything else, nothing else works. Maybe this God thing will work out. And so Jesus's response there, I think, isn't isn't a smack on the wrist. Maybe it is a little bit of a wake up call, but also this response to who he truly is as as more than just a need meter or a yeah. Um, well, do you say that's worker. just for this individual? Like with Jesus's response, I think it's for everybody listening. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. For sure. right? yeah, I, don't, for I don't even know. Nope. I don't even know if it was literally for this guy. It was there was a crowd of people. Yeah. And, and mm -hmm. the Galileans as a whole going, hey. Right. Y'all not really believing, and you need more miraculous signs? Like, yeah. come on. Yeah, there's, there's strong indication in a variety of places in Scripture that things that Jesus said and did, he did for the sake of the crowds. For example, when he uh, raised Lazarus from the dead, he showed up and he started to pray, and he actually said to the Father, he said, Father, I know that you already heard me. We already talked about this, but for the sake of those that are listening, I'm saying it again. Right. I mean, he just spells it out like that's what's going on. 
I'm doing this for your benefit because I know you're listening. Yeah. And I think that's happening here as well. Yeah. And I think one of the, the, well, let me say this first, just for clear, clarity of context. God wants to meet our needs. He does meet our needs. It's out of love. It's not a conditional thing. You know, the, the spoiler alert, this guy's son doesn't die. He gets healed miraculously by Jesus. Uh, and he does that in our lives in so many different ways. And it's a lot of the times it's what drives us out of, you know, need. Like, okay, I got to fix this. I got to find a solution. Like, I don't have peace in my life. Where do I turn to? I don't have spiritual fulfillment. I don't have a satisfaction in my soul. I've tried fame and money and, you know, status, and that just leaves me empty. It's good for a season, and then it just, like, falls flat. So I'm going to come and try to find a solution. The problem is a lot of us and a lot of people just stay in that spot. Their faith is a, a crisis, desperation faith only. Like, it never grows beyond. I came to Jesus out of need. Need was met. Boom. Don't need my faith anymore. Yeah. Boom. I'm walking away. Oh, need in my life. Cri relational crisis. I'm coming back to Jesus because that's, that's the foundation of your faith. It's what brought you to Christ and opened your eyes for the need for Jesus. But then you've just stayed there. Like, yeah. you haven't grown past a crisis-based faith as the foundation. And, again, God meets all of our needs even when we don't ask them. Like, he sends the rain. Because we need it for our planet. Right. Yeah. I didn't ask I was, him for the rain the last six weeks. Yeah. He just kept giving it. Then I was like, we're good. We're good on the rain. <laughs> Can good. we get some sunshine? And my emotional vitamin D, I need that. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing that, like, we're this guy is coming to Jesus in the, the desperation. But, like, a lot of us can get stuck in that mode where it's, like, the ups and downs where, oh, yeah, life's going smooth right now. Like, I don't need Jesus. Like, or yeah. we just start, like, going with the... What am I trying to say? Like, we just go through the motions. That's that's what I'm trying to say. Right. We go through the motions of, like, um, just going through the rest of our day, but then we have that that moment of desperation that kind of shocks us back. Um, I mean, I've kind of found myself in that place throughout college, for sure, just going throughout my days, being like, wow, I haven't read my Bible in whatever, like, two weeks or something like that. Like, what am I doing right now? Yeah. Um, but it's only that it's been in those desperate moments I was like, that we realize, well, I need to be following Jesus again, but then we find ourselves back in that other mode. Yeah. Right. God's not a vending machine. Yeah. Yeah. And this consumerism thing that Jesus, again, Jesus speaks to that a lot. But again, uh, there's this tension to be managed, like you say, Scott, because, I mean, we understand that, that God is our provider and that he is there for us and he wants abundance and blessing and life and grace for us. Um, but there's this point that Jesus speaks to a lot, and John's already referenced it too, in this consumerism, like, are you... It's the, the way in which we approach our relationship with Jesus. And Jesus is seeing throughout the point, he never didn't meet the need. Yeah. But often he spoke to the fact of, like, it's much more than that. And I want to be a part of your life. I want to give you an abundance of life. And I will, but that comes through life with me, not just a vending machine or keeping me in your back pocket for when you need me. And that's all our relationship is. That's just a shallow, superficial relationship right. with God. And Jesus is saying there's so much more to this that we can have. And I want you to experience that. And the blessing and abundance will flow from that. Uh, agreed. Scott, you touched on it earlier. And I think it was succinctly put that... Um, he's looking for the miracle, and Jesus is trying to help him discover the miracle worker. Yeah. And we often, you know, I, I've heard it said this way, uh, don't just seek what comes from his hand, seek his face. It's, it's the same idea that it's not just what he can do for me, but it's who he is and who he wants to be in my life in terms of an actual real and ongoing relationship. I, I think there's another thing that Jesus is getting at here, and it really is fundamental to how faith works. Um, the Christian life is a life of faith. Uh, Without faith, it's impossible to please God. He who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Uh, Romans chapter 1, Paul says, 
this is how the life is lived. It's lived by faith. It, it, our whole relationship is based on faith, and faith works this way. It's, I believe, and then the facts follow. And Jesus is pointing out the fact that for most people, the general tendency of human nature, including in my life, is I want the facts first, then I'll believe, right? Show me the sign, show me the wonder, do the miracle, heal my son, and then I'll believe in you. And Jesus is saying, no, well, you actually, faith works the other You don't actually have a belief then. You just have facts. Yeah, you just have facts, right? right? So faith actually, by definition, says, I believe without the facts, and I am confident that in time, the things that I believe will become fact. Jesus will come again. There is an eternity. I'm going to spend it with him in heaven, et cetera. Yeah. And that's, I think, one of the kind of, I don't know, aha moments or kind of the the culmination of the story for me in a lot of the stories where Jesus healed something or did something amazing is his response to the guy. Um, so after verse 49, uh, he pleads with him, Lord, please come to my house. Come come, put your hands on him. Make it happen. Yeah. Do the thing that you do. I don't know how you do it. You did the water to wine thing. I saw the, the sleight of hand magic trick thing you did. Can you do that again? Can you come? And uh, Well, and he probably had gotten the word out like he healed other really sick people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's not even like trying to transfer a faith from, like, you did water once, so you could probably do, like, child that's ill to, like, healthy child. There have probably been other times before this that, yep. oh, I heard Jesus, you like, healed someone who was almost dead. Do that. Do, do that, that for my again. son. And right. then, uh, so he, he pleads, come come now before my little boy dies. And then verse 50, Jesus says, go back home, and your son will live. It, it, it will happen. I will make it happen. And then the second part of that verse, and the man believed what Jesus said mm-hmm. and started home. And there's all of these times where that faith comes in and Jesus says things, um, you know, it's your faith that has made you well. It's your faith that has healed you. So this faith is kind of that culmination of not only did you believe that coming to me would work, that you believe that what I said would happen. Right. And that's the faith. Like when we choose to trust that Jesus, you are who you say you are and you will do what you say you will do. Um, Jesus says, you've, you've got the point. That, that's where it is. That's where the aha, the culmination, the the. The everything is right there in that faith coming into action. And then the man does it. He acts on it, right? He says, okay, right. I'm going to go home because mm-hmm. you said, I will. And, and that's the faith in action there. Yeah. And, then, and then the detail that is uh, the, the detail that is explained for us in verses 51 and following, it says, so as he was going down, his slaves met him saying, hey, your, your son's actually alive. And so he said, well, tell me. So what time was it when he began to get better? And they said, well, it was yesterday at the seventh hour. The fever left him. Oh. And the father put two and two together and realized that's exactly the time when I was having that conversation with Jesus. And he said, your son lives. And I believe that and headed on back home to. Because, look, he's putting he's trying to put those facts together. Mm-hmm. He is. To, to, to grow his faith. He goes, wait. Yep. Because what is he thinking about when he's walking? I hope it's true. I hope yeah. it's true. Like, I would be sweating bullets. Yep. I would be like, I think it's true. I really want it to be true. I'm afraid it won't but be. But I just left the guy who could make it true. And the only one who could, yeah. Like he does, he's not with me. Mm-hmm. So you know what I mean. You're walking mm-hmm. for hours by yourself, thinking, having this reflection time. Like, like the guy that could do it is back there. He said he was going to do it, and and I believe him. But he, this guy who had you know believed him at his word still was a human. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, but then he's putting that fact together, going, oh. And at then, the exact hour? Oh, that's because that was Jesus. And when he does that, it says in verse 53 at the latter part of the verse, says, and he himself believed and his whole household. Right. So, so watch, note the journey here. So he's got enough faith to have heard some things about Jesus, and he has enough faith to think that that just might happen for him, more importantly for his son. And so he goes to Jesus. That's faith in actions like, 
I got a little bit of faith that it might actually be true and you might actually be able to pull it off for my son. Then Jesus says, your son lives and it says, and he believed him, believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and started off. That's verse 50. And then when he connected the dots, he believed even more. So this is a growing faith. There's a little faith in coming to Jesus, a little more faith at the word of Jesus about his son. And then when he sees the results, the faith grows even more still. Right. That, that's how it works in all of our lives. It's a, a process of, of faith that is growing mm-hmm. as we walk with him. Yeah, and as Americans, I think it's harder as, as humans, but as Americans, it's, we like to use the scientific method. We like to have a ton of facts. We all have Googleable phones, and we can research everything. It's ungoogleable. It's ungoogleable. And so Is we like to word? explain and know everything and be able to scientifically explain everything away. Um, and so I think there is a harder barrier for us to, like, help people find and follow Jesus is because this faith leap seems even larger than other cultures where there's more of a spiritual culture. There's more of a mystery and a divine kind of, you know, culture going on as, as a people group. You yep. know, as Americans, we're like, okay, prove it. Show me the facts. Mm-hmm. Let's fact check that. Yep. Oh, you posted on Facebook? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Picture here, didn't me, happen. Every 17 comments of, like, oh, I saw this article and that. And, and coming to a place where, like, there's a certain point where you've used your mind and you've used your reason, but if you're able to reason out God, then the God is smaller than you because you understand and comprehend everything of God. We can't understand and comprehend everything of God. Mm-hmm. I just think, watch the sunset tonight and then say there's not a creator. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we try that in science where we're like, here's the smallest atomic level thing, right? And I'm not even smart enough to talk enough and, like, you know, like there's the, the, the you know, I like there's quantum the physics, the, the quantum <laughs> physics. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then they're quantum like, physics. isn't it like the quark? And then they're like, oh, you know what's even smaller than that? We didn't even know existed a few years ago. It's called a quark. Yeah. Really? I, I just think I'm lost. Are you? Lost? I'm I don't lost. know. Exactly. People like you know, here's the like smallest particle that like we that. can see, and then oh, okay. they found out there's even a smaller one. Mm-hmm. I think if we're able to find out, like the quark is the small or whatever, right? Somebody probably could comment. The quark, and then they would realize, oh, there's something even smaller. It's like because you're trying to find God. God's going, oh, yeah, there's yeah. more, and there's more. You'll never mm-hmm. find the end of the Now, universe. here's a little known fact. Uh, quark is also a character on Star Trek. He was a Ferengi, and, but, you know, My you Star Trek fans God. know what I'm talking Man. about. <laughs> I just took a left turn on you guys right here. Jesus. Hey, wow. hey no, pray, I, pray for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, pray boy. for me. That's my legacy. Oh, That's what's been passed out. I heard you tell Ben the other day that the the further you get in life, the more you, you're going to be like that. So. Exactly. It's, it's it's hard. So. It's part of your future. Just <laughs> hard. Bite it. Just, just lean into it. it, Scott. Lean into Bite it. Bite it. Uh, I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. So, the, yeah, back to this guy's journey of Jesus. faith. Yeah. One thing that I, uh, when I was reading through the story, I really thought of, I think it's something that I think my generation. I think your mic's cutting out. Hold up top. Hold it, hold it like this. Hello? Is it still going? Sorry, my hands get really sweaty. Maybe it's <laughs> the, like interfering. This is the antenna the, down here. Am I good? So yeah, yeah you're good now. Cool. Right. Um, I think it's something specifically that more my generation struggles with, um, but I think everyone struggles with it here now. But letting kind of like our emotions guide our, our thoughts or decisions about who Jesus is, like you were saying, like we're called to take Jesus at his word. When Jesus says that he's going to be with us always, like to the very end of the age, for some reason my generation or and people in general, we like to let our our feelings kind of guide our thoughts. They're like, oh, I feel really far away from God. Like, I, I don't feel close at all, or I feel like God's left me. Um, but like, that's not, like, when we feel that, that those aren't true at all. Like, Jesus said that he's going to be with us. And 
we're called to be taking Jesus at his word when he says, like, I'm going to be with you always. I'm going to love you. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to support you and hold you up, and I'm going to give you life. Uh, I think it really speaks to that. that We're not called to let our feelings and emotions kind of guide our thoughts about who Jesus is or about his promises. We're supposed to take Jesus at his word um, and trust him, have faith in him. Yeah, it's good. One of the most helpful things I heard uh, a few years ago is this, that not everything that is real will I feel. And not everything that I feel is real. Got to feel, or you got to deal, deal, <laughs> deal with how you feel. Kids yeah. are talking about that. Mission yeah. kids. Yeah, but not that everything here? that I feel is actually yeah. real. I think so. Mm-hmm. And not everything that's real am I able to feel. Mm-hmm. And then understanding, because I, I, agree with, I agree with Tanner in understanding this, this uh, not even just like what I feel about God, but what I feel is right and what mm-hmm. I feel is healthy and what I feel, like, right? Uh-huh. We see that a lot in culture. Like, oh, well, it's true for you, and I feel differently. So Your, your truth and my yeah, truth. Yeah, and, and I, so I feel differently, and I get that. And we do have feelings. We do have emotions, and they're from God. But when I look to, to who God is, and again, you talk about the creator and sustainer of the universe and my Savior who died, God's facts will always trump the way I feel. Mm-hmm. Like, there's some facts that I know about God, and I put my faith in them, and, like, I don't, I feel that this is right for me to do this. Well, it doesn't make it right. Right. Specifically if it's different than what God said about what is and isn't, and Mm -hmm. so I think that there's a danger there in this idea of how we feel and letting that, you know, run our lives rather than looking to God and and, and asking God for help. Because, again, like this man, he went to Jesus for for the advice and the insight, and and when we do that and, and follow that direction, and uh, I mean, there's I think it's Proverbs that says the you know, we 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 sing songs like listen to your heart. Just do what your heart says. Do what you feel. And, and like Proverbs says, no, your heart is wicked. And if you follow your heart, you're in trouble. Like that's the, the most wicked thing. So like, don't listen to your heart. Don't do that. That's bad advice. <laughs> like follow God and, 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 and check your feelings with who he is mm-hmm. and, and, and what he would say, because then you'll find success and health and beneficial things. Right. Yeah, I just don't yeah. feel like gravity is affecting me today. Like, it might affect you, and I'm going to step off this cliff because gravity I, Yeah, I just don't not, feel like gravity like is real thing. Try that. I'm just going to go with my feeling that yeah. I don't really feel like gravity is pulling me down today. Yep. Good mm. luck with don't that. Don't let gravity hold you down, Scott. Don't, you fly don't free. Yeah. Listen to your heart. But it is tricky, too, to have that tension of, like, but we are emotional beings, and it's mm-hmm. it's okay Absolutely. to ha- have our emotions and, and yeah. live Created that way by God. Yeah, exactly. And we've talked about Jesus' emotions, right? He got yep. angry, had a righteous yep. anger, and so live with passion. Mm-hmm. and live with, But it is tricky when you're like, well, what is really true? What, what am I going to make decisions on in my life? Is it going to be primarily my emotion of like, is this true or not? Mm-hmm. With Jesus, there you go yawning again when I chat. I, I, I tried. Know, I'm it's so okay. hard. I've, I'm getting a calloused heart about it. But Wednesday nights are late nights for me. I, we've heard all the excuses. <laughs> we all know. It's fine. I, just say it, Scott. I'm sorry, Scott. You, you were boring me. <laughs> the teacher on peanuts. It's the snallergies I got. Anyways, I wanted to, I don't, maybe we've read this before. I always like to read it again. Mission Kids Monday, like two weeks ago. But it was, um, you know, like your Tanner, you're talking about, like, I just don't know if I feel. We have this Jesus who said, I'm God. I love you. I came to be with you. Mm-hmm. You have a sin issue. I'm the only one that can reconcile it because he's the son of God and the son of man. He's like on both sides because he's fully God, fully man. He reconciles us, takes care of sin and death on the cross, and then he rises from the dead. Again, back to their faith, like, I'm not sure if that happened. It happened, mm-hmm. and then they were witness to it, hundreds of people right. uh, witness to it. Uh, and then, then when we screw up in life today in 2020, you're like, eh, 
I think I think God's still upset with me. Yeah. Like I think He still condemns me for it. Mm. I don't know if I could be forgiven for that thing or that situation. And I John, feel like He left me, or I feel like He's distant, or yeah. yeah. John, uh, John, the the writer that we're reading, he also wrote letters. And in First John, his first letter, he said this, chapter three, verse nineteen. This this then is how we know that we belong to the truth, and how we set our hearts at rest in, in His presence whenever our hearts condemn us. He's talking about, you know, lo- the love that God has for us. For God is greater than our hearts or our mm. feelings, and mm-hmm. he knows everything. Mm-hmm. Well good. said. Do you know the song? No, but sing it. Go. God is greater, greater than my feelings. He knows everything. <laughs> he knows everything. Wow. Mission Kids Monday for you right awesome. there. Yeah. Nice. It's a great it. song. It's real catchy. It is real catchy. It'll get in your head. Good. Tune it's in. true. I don't know if we'll do it as part of Mission Kids Monday tomorrow but watch if you're on youtube right now go scroll through some of those channels oh yeah it's fun that's great it's poppy it's mm-hmm. catchy i'll get in your head it's all probably week. better than what you just did way better than what <laughs> i just did way better so but yeah anyway. anyways so we've got a few minutes left let's jump into chapter five shall we uh mm. i think let's pause wrap it up we'll jump into this one next week that's like a can of worms you just want to open them going yeah sure why not just leave the worms out on the table. Let them wiggle oh, around and crawl around a for a week. Idea. Let's let's dive in next week. I think I think we're on a good spot talking about faith. Anybody else have a have okay. a wrap up thought on on faith here? We could do that. But I think I think chapter five. This whole another this whole another situation about people looking for miracles, looking oh for signs and wonders. You know, it's again, if you find one. yourself in a, in a spot where you're like, maybe that's me. Maybe my faith is more based on like the miracles, the miracles, the miracles, like. Jesus has put his spirit inside of us as his followers, which that's a miracle in and of itself. And you just stick with the miracle worker and be with him as the foundation, then everything else like follows. Like he takes care of us and our needs and miracles and does stuff. And, uh, you know, if you're just always looking for the vending machine, God, like, okay, produce, produce, produce. You know, if I have this equation in my head where I have this spiritual equation, if I do X, Y, and Z spiritual things, then he produces this. Uh, What kind of relationship is that? Yeah, and That's then like the other the totally other thing I love about the the context of this of all of these stories really is Jesus's mission with people to not just do a thing or provide a, a a need, but to gather people who are on mission with Him. Right? Like again, I I hear you say that, and and I think a lot of times, specifically in our culture today, in our in our world, we go, I'm going to come to this place or do this thing because I need something. I got to get filled up for this week. And Jesus is like, there's a part for that, but I want people who are on mission with me. I want to do something amazing in this world. So I don't want just guys coming and going, hey, heal my son or make this water into wine and then peacing out. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm gathering disciples who are going to change the world. I'm I'm empowering people to do some amazing things. I want want to heal people so that they can heal other people. I want to love people so that when they get the love of God inside them, they love other people well and they change their neighborhoods and their cities and their workplaces and their environments and that's what faith will do it's faith that moves mountains and jesus is he's getting this starts with ragtag people and then these people who are that's why he speaks to the whole crowd here because he goes hey all of you listen i don't want you just here just to get something i want to do something with you i want you i'm I'm not gonna be here forever and when i leave i want you to change the world and you can because i'll be with you and i think for us as christ followers or for us who are even questioning that going man there's so much more that Jesus wants to do in us and through us. And that's the beautiful picture when we get on mission with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And Jesus is all about life. We talked about that earlier. And this is just another example where mm-hmm. Jesus is about spiritual life as well as physical life, taking care of this guy's son, meeting a real practical need, saying your son will live. 
Uh, we have no idea, you know, who that was and how he lived his life and, you know, what he did in his life. But he, they became believers in Jesus, so they had a spiritual life, that, uh, uh, an eternal life, a reborn moment like we've talked about. And Jesus came to give us life, life to the fullest. And eternal life starts the moment we say yes to Christ. And this is just one, another one of those examples. Like, that, the character of God is evident. Yep. And Amen. God has not changed. Amen. He's always been about life. He's the, the creator of life. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, he's, this, this idea of you and me and Tanner and Craig, like, he decided, like, humans, that would be a good thing. He created life, breathed into Adam. He's always been about life. Um, if you ever hear about Jesus that not is not about life, that's the wrong Jesus. Like, he's always about life and life eternally. Mm-hmm. So, well, let's, let's, do you have any other thoughts? I feel like you really want to go to five, and I put pump the brakes. And then. <laughs> hey, it's not the first time you pump the brakes <laughs> on something I came up with. <laughs> uh, okay. Yep, that's well, fine. All righty. Sounds good. Well, uh, Tanner, thanks for being with us today. Tanner's more, now that you're not a college student, not college you're student. a working professional. Yeah, you'll, you'll probably be on uh, Theology Thursdays more yeah, with us, more, and yeah. mixing it up in a summer schedule here with people on vacations or whatever, in and out. It'll be different voices, which will be good. But thanks for tuning in, checking out Theology Thursday. Next time we're together, we'll be Chapter 5 and this healing at the pool. Have a great week. Keep following Jesus. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast, share it with your friends, and leave a rating so others can find it as well.